Reveille, reveille, donks. Look at us now, tip to tip. This is our life. This is our passion. That's the spirit we bring to this show. I'm Luke Thomas. I'm Brian Campbell. This is Morning Combat. All right. Can you believe it? We made it. We landed on the moon. Hi, everyone. My name is Luke Thomas, and this is Morning Combat, episode, I think, 178. Uh, I am just one half, though, of your hosting duo. This could not be done without royalty sitting to, I guess, well, my left, kind of. He is the king of Connecticut. He is back home where he belongs, eating some (laughs) bootios. It's Brian Campbell. What's up, Brian Campbell? Shout out to our favorite MK listener, the big, uh, big E of WWE, my man right there. So loving that. Yeah, I did oh, not yeah, know. Who, let me say this. I did not know who he was, and you schooled me on it. He's fucking popular, man. He likes the show. Oh, yeah. Yo, and he's jacked as all kinds of shit, too, Luke. Yeah, right? I, I saw that. I saw that. You would love that, man. All right, uh, Luke, we're back. I'm fired up. Sir Richard Branson just made it to the, I don't know, Luke, the moon somewhere. I bet. I, Luke, I bet he's still got younger balls than yours. All right. Yeah, probably. He went to like what I'm told is the edge of like technically space. But like, remember yeah. when that dude went to like the edge of the atmosphere and jumped off for Red Bull? I thought that was cooler. Yeah, uh, you know, I try to look at us, Luke, as going right up to the edge. We go as close as you can go without getting fired. It's morning combat every Monday, Wednesday, for now. And Friday. Yes, it certainly is. 11 a.m. right here in the East. We do this three times a week, and we were doing it in Las Vegas, but we are back. I know, uh, Brian, I mean, what is there to say? We just got to thank not only CBS Sports, who sent us out there and, and set up that nice desk with us and give us a production staff. I got to thank Showtime and Malka. They had lended a hand uh, as well. And then the biggest round of applause, big one like that, is just to all the, the MK donks who came out on Friday. Came, some couple came out on Wednesday. Um but, dude, what a weekend for the brand. And uh, people seemed to like what we did, and we were happy to make people happy. Uh, I-, I know you feel the same. Uh, my life is brilliant, Luke. Uh, wow. I mean, what a, what a feel. What a feel job by our people on, the, on that Friday live show, Luke. It's a feeling I'll never forget. I've taken a piece of it. I've inserted it inside my body. It's still here vibrating, Luke. I'm ready. Uh, talk about, you know, the road to 100K. We're, we're, we're coming. If you're going to come on in this show, come on, brother. And these fans, they came out, Luke, and they came on. And um, did they? Did some of their tattoos on their bodies scare me a little? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah. But uh, what great folks, Luke. What absolutely great people. And I got to get a report because Aaron from Washington reached his hand deep into not like a backpack. It was more like a what you would put a body, like a body bag, Luke. And he yeah. pulled out... Land Jaeger. Could you tell the people about the yeah. damn Land Jaeger? Because you took another man's meat unsolicited and you went for it, Luke. You went for it. Put it right in my mouth. Uh, so this dude show, shows up very friendly. I had never seen him before, but very friendly. And he was like, I've got sausage for you. And I'm like, well, Vegas is certainly living up to his reputation. But he was actually being friendly. And he uh, he works for, uh, I think it's maybe his own company. They make uh, sausages and then other dried meats there. And Landieger is one, as he described it, that's got like, it's like jerky and it's kind of dried out, but yet it has a little bit of like the greasy, almost like um, pepperoni salami like quality to it. And he gave me a bag full of them. BC, true or false, I housed that bag. <laughs> yes, you did, Luke. Yes. Yes, you. I mean, they they look like, like veiny old 
dong shriveled up, but uh, you well, you that didn't quite it. look like that. You, didn't I mean, quite you, look like that. You went after it, and uh, hey, I would have eaten if, him. I would have eaten him that way regardless. But uh, listen, it was either I, I order room service or go downstairs among the unwashed. I would rather just eat my land Yeagers. I, w- I can't wait to welcome your liver to my club, Luke. But uh, shout out to Aaron from Washington and our great fans. All of you, all right? All of you, seriously. Look, we had female fans. Who would have thought, right? We do. I couldn't believe it. And they looked normal, too. They weren't like the mutants I've seen at dying fetus shows. No, they were like real deal. Like, I have a great office job and, uh, you know, I pay my taxes on time type. So I was actually pretty impressed, I have to say. Um, all right, we got a lot to get to today. As always, thumbs up on the video. If you're a new subscriber here, you heard BC say it. We do this three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 11 a.m. in the East. Um, you can follow us on our social channels there if you would like to. The Morning Combat name stays consistent everywhere. We're going to get back to fan submissions, as long as there are people who want to turn them in anyway. And then Dead Wrong, you want to email the show, you can do that, morningcombat at gmail.com. It's a place to get all of those places, uh, those considerations in. If you would like to try Showtime, and why wouldn't you? You certainly can. Go to Showtime.com. You can get a 30-day free trial. If you like it, you can keep it. If not, you can just move on about your very day. NBC, it's sort of instructive that neither of us are wearing anything from the store, but we do have a store, morningcombat.store, and Merch 2.0 is out now. All the things you can go and get right there. Yeah, buy Okay, that. BC, just you ready to go? Buy that. Buy that shit already. Yeah, I'm ready. Let's let's see. Hey, hey, we got a lot of we got a lot of Connor to talk about. Let's get let's get buckled in, Luke. All right, you ready? Let's go. All right, people people were mad that you know for a couple weeks there we're doing a lot of boxing talk. Today is just UFC 264, so let's get right into it. Topic number one, BC, if I may, Dustin Poirier defeats Conor McGregor via trilogy. Although, all right, in the trilogy, excuse me, via Doctor Stoppage after a gruesome injury. So, BC, I did the post-fight show right here. You were on CBS Sports HQ. But let's imagine that the folks watching today have not seen what you have had to say. Let's start broadly, and then we'll get into the specifics. How big and how important is this win for Dustin Poirier? Uh, not that important. I mean, look, look. I don't mean to underplay the win and come out like that, but this, Luke, the whole build to this fight... You know, wrong or not, probably more wrong, but that's the way promotion works, was all about Connor. And, you know, I think the, the way this fight played out is still largely all about Connor. Dustin becomes a participant in this. He got the upper hand. Two of the three judges gave him 10-8 in the first round, which I thought was a little aggressive, but but you showed, you showed the point. He was on his way potentially to a victory. He looked great. He did what he had to do. But, Luke, this it's Connor's day again. The guy can't the guy can't stay out of the headlines here. And I think the way the the fallout uh, played out, I think it's much more about him. Okay, tell me why. Uh, you know, I th- I see already that that, I, that not everyone echoes my opinion on this, but I think Connor revived the brand, and uh, I, I think he did a lot of things where best case scenario for the promotion and you know money and all that and the global dominance uh is him to win well that didn't happen it's probably not going to happen against Poirier Poirier's proven now three times right uh you know through three fights twice uh, in a row that he's the better man especially in this era but I, I think the the next best case scenario for UFC was for Connor to look good and not take a real loss you know and he this is not a real loss in that regard Luke and I think he showed a fighting spirit that hadn't been there in a bit. And even though I'm not here to say that he's as uh, you know good as he was five years ago, uh, it, or would you favor him against many of the super elite? Uh, to me, and tell me if you disagree, I, I think Connor put up a, 
almost a rabid level fight. And as his skills diminish, if he's willing to fight this desperate, he's going to make great fights, Luke. And the brand is still very strong. I don't think ability-wise, now that he came back six months later and really put his, you know, his head down and went after it, I don't think he slipped that much. Uh, I think he slipped to win a title, yes. But I think he could still fight almost anybody, Luke. And, and I liked seeing that spirit, even though it came wrapped in a very negative package, which I'm sure we're going to get into, the, the, the war of words and all that. But uh, yeah, I, I felt like, Luke, that short of a win, this is what I needed to see to, still, to see that he still got it. Now, what is that it? You can you know, vary your definitions. But to me, he still got it, Luke. Am I crazy here? I don't think that we are far apart, but I think the audience is a little bit further apart from your position, from what I can tell, which is to say, your argument is that, okay, basically through three fights, at least right now, we've got a sense that Poirier is better, but you saw enough in terms of spark and flow and whatever else to make you think, all right, well, maybe Poirier is a little bit of a bridge too far, but this guy can be in big fights and he can win against talented opponents. That's your, that's your basic position, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think that's wrong. I don't think that's wrong. I think that's right. I think what we saw from Connor early in the week was, and you and I discussed this extensively, he was just trying to like, I don't know, manufacture something out of himself. He was reaching for something. He was going to like dark places when maybe he didn't need to. It was, it was I don't know. There was something that wasn't quite there. Come fight night, I felt like he was definitely a lot more ready to go. And God, look at that, that, that top of his, uh, bottom of his shin anyway. It's fucking gross. But here's the thing for me. I think I think you can split the difference, which is to say, I don't think that your take is in any way wrong. I think I would get the same sense. I came out of there thinking, okay, he's lost a step relative to his peak, but he's still dangerous enough to give really good guys some trouble and maybe even beat a couple along the way. However, however, I also came out of this thinking like, um, I got a little bit of Tyron Woodley versus Vicente Luque vibes out of Connor on this performance, where if you look at his numbers, they're twice what they were in the second fight. Now, you might say, well, the second fight was not a great example, but like in the second fight, BC, he won the first round by most people's scorecards, Connor did. And even then, this like, I'm going to throw leg kicks and teeps, and I'm going to just get into striking exchanges. To me, it's like you can make an argument that that style was a good style to have because he wasn't going to win over the long haul. Might as well win up front early. Fine. But it was definitely not sustainable, number one. And number two was like an overcorrection. Like, he was a little too cold in January, a little too hot for me right here. Um, and then also, like, with Poirier, like, to me, man, like, I think we just need to drive it home. The sample size is small for Saturday night. It's just around, and Connor got catastrophically injured at the very end of it. But during that round, it also looked to me like Connor was just a lot, excuse me, uh, Dustin, was a lot better on the ground, a lot better. I just had a lot of tools. He was purposely going back into guard and keeping Connor there. Connor didn't really have a bad guard game, but he doesn't really have a dynamic one either. And so, you know, I think there are people looking at this and they're, they might be going a little bit further saying, oh, well, Connor can't beat anyone anymore. He's totally washed. I don't buy that. But I do buy that, like, there's a considerable distance between himself and maybe the very, very best that that division has to offer. That's where I come down. All right, all right. We're somewhere uh, close, but a little bit far away in some of the same spirit of it. You mentioned the Woodley comparison. I think there's an equal level of desperation that Connor showed in the third fight here with Poirier that Woodley showed against Luke. I just think the difference, Luke, was that Woodley came out of character to, to a degree to do that. So it was it was full on just 
you know, in your face risk. If it didn't work, it was going to get blown away spectacularly. I think Connor fought desperate almost to his to his credit in this case, Luke, where like, again, we, we came into this fight already thinking Poirier is the better fighter. And, and, you know, we both picked him to win. And certainly I think we exited it with that same feeling. But I, I just I see a Connor who if he can channel this desperation effectively, Luke, you know, I think he can be just short of Dustin, who I think he's is the best lightweight in the world. You know, not named to be mm. at the moment, and I would love to see him against Charles Oliveira, and we're going in a great direction in that regard. Um, I think anyone short of that, Connor's in the fight against them, and I think he showed that to me. So if that's just your focus from a brand standpoint, which where I was coming from, pay-per-view-wise, all that, I don't think that, that they're in a horrible spot, because hear this out, Luke. You're going to get Dustin versus Oliveira anyway. We know that. But if Connor can turn around quick from this injury, and he says uh, he posted a video on social media that said he needs six weeks off, and then he can start, you know, full-on training again and rehabbing and, and, and coming back, you put him, Luke, to close the year atop a pay-per-view against an RDA, against somebody in that category, who who you're like, okay, this is a this is a good fight, but but you certainly see an avenue of victory for him, and Connor passes that test, and everyone's like, okay, okay, we're back, we're back where we need to be, you know. Dustin potentially with the belt in a fourth fight against Connor. Now it's the biggest fight of the series, Luke. So it's like, is there customer fatigue in the idea of keeping this this rivalry going? Even you know, and Connor, Dustin, and Dana all all were in on keeping this rivalry going. Um, at the same time, Luke, there was customer fatigue for Pacquiao and Marquez, and the fourth one was insane. Is the best one by far of that already great series. Um, these two can remake, still make really. Uh, batshit crazy fights together and I think if there's anything we learned from the five minutes of action yeah Poirier's still better but they make great theater because maybe I'm overrating what McGregor did on his back with the elbows but I saw a guy Luke who was who was willing to scratch and pull out eyeballs to to do whatever it took even desperate moves submissions like just going after it and I don't know Luke I, after counting them out all but week see, I kind of like thing. that it's like you're you're I looking like for that, spark Luke. okay okay fair enough you're looking for spark and I will admit he needed spark relative to January. But the reality is this. You need more than spark. You need spark plus focus. You need spark plus discipline. You need spark plus some kind of controlling, orienting factor. And so here's actually where I think if you're a Conor McGregor fan, certainly I don't think you're happy about what happened on Saturday. And I don't mean to suggest that. But BC, one thing that's been like going through my mind a little bit is... I'm not going to say that the break is good for him. Uh, I don't know if that's so much true. But you could turn this into a positive. Why do I say that? Because when Connor tore his ACL following the Max Holloway fight, a fight where he won despite tearing his ACL in the middle of it, A, he got through the rehab very quickly. But B, the rehab was really good about him. I, I, you know, When you have to rebuild your body, you, you kind of take things slowly and uh, you know you can you can put as much effort as you want into it, but it's a slow process to get back to where you are. What I mean to say is, as he rebuilds back to full uh, mobility, full function on that leg and the rest of his body and everything else, all the movements he needs to do, it's a chance to like I don't know, almost rebuild the game, not not from scratch, but but to just refocus on doing the little details, making part of the journey back one about covering uh, all your bases, crossing your T's and dotting your I's so that by the time he gets back, whoever it ends up being against, you've had this reset moment. I think that's the thing I would look for if I was a Conor McGregor fan. Before we move on to second questions in this particular topic, though, we, we can't lose sight. Give me a grade of Dustin Poirier's performance because we're all talking about Conor. Hello, the other guy won. 
And the other guy did a pretty good job of it along the way. What is your take on what he did to get his hand raised on well, Saturday? That's the thing, Luke. It, the, the reason why there's not a huge take on it is because he just kept doing what he does, which is fight great and fight at the absolute pinnacle elite level and continue to carve out more reasons why he's already an all-time great and has a stupid great resume. But, yeah, in the fight, Luke, he controlled when it went to the ground. You know, he said afterwards that he almost played himself because he let McGregor put in the, the guillotine but didn't think he was going to put it in that deep and he was using it for you know positional reasons and he almost got caught there. But, boy, did he fight out of that easily, take over the top position and then land enough significant blows where, again, he's got 10-8 on two of the three scorecards. So, Luke, he showed me everything I needed to see. But it's like... Why don't I keep going back to Connor here, Luke? Because I think there's more interesting, you know, uh, angles out of that. Like, Luke, I, I don't know if this. T tell me, do you think this rivalry is done from the standpoint of ever believing Connor can beat Poirier? I think MMA is crazy enough that I take seriously McGregor's capacity to beat Poirier. I just think that if Poirier is on and he's fighting relatively smart, I, I don't. No, I don't think Connor can beat him. I feel like. Like, Connor's not going to beat people anymore, Luke, like did in the first chapter of his career. He's going to have to be in fights every time out. So that's more of what I mean. Like, commercially, nothing's going in the wrong direction despite people's dislike of him, which we can get into because it's a big fallout of this, Luke. But uh, in terms of uh, bringing the numbers and bringing the action inside the fights, I think that's the way he's going to have to win. And, and he may have more of a Oscar De La Hoya second half of his career where he loses more than he wins against the very best, but he's going to keep taking on those very best and, and make the fights happen. So sorry to keep stealing the narrative from you. Luke, no, that's okay. That's it's okay. I just, I just want to say, I just want to make sure we give Dustin his due because this is going to be predominantly about McGregor, which everyone understands. He was the one who lost and got injured. So there's going to be a little bit more to it. The only thing I want to say about Dustin Poirier, ABC, and I'll move to the second part of this question. The only thing I just want to get out there is you're right. Like he didn't do anything like stupendous in that way, but you used a word when I saw you right after the fights that I thought was really great. It was like a tricky ground ball that was hit to shortstop, but he fielded it perfectly. He handled exactly all the little bumps the way he was supposed to and then fired it off to first base and got the out, whatever the reason may be at the end. So I just thought to me that was like a veteran performance. And also, it deserves to be noted, on the ground, he was just much better than Connor. And more to the point, dude, I went back and I rewatched this fight a couple of times. Dude, I said this on the post-fight show, but I was doing it off of memory, we recall. Having a, a subsequent viewing really told me how true this was. Connor initiated the takedown because he was getting lit up. He was getting lit up at long range by Poirier. Poirier was getting off, and his left hand was literally pushing Connor back with power. And Connor forced the clinch, and it was from the clinch that he threw a knee. And then from the knee, that's when Poirier got the takedown. So that's a very smart strategy by Poirier, playing it long, forcing Connor to have contact. Why do I bring this up? Connor was landing on him a shitload. Everyone knows those leg kicks, maybe too many of them, but they were landing and, you know, I'm sure that they fucking hurt. Like, they were a lot. Plus, some of his punches were getting through, too. Connor's boxing looked pretty smooth for the most part early on. But in the end, he's the one that got pushed back. In the end, he's the one that initiated the clinch. And in the end, he was the one that got taken down and impounded out on top of it. It's like, if you're a Connor McGregor fan, show me the place where he was clearly better than Dustin on the feet. Kickboxing range? Okay, fine. Kickboxing range. That's it. That's it. So strong performance by by the, hey, Luke, the diamond here. Okay. To be fair, because look, we were we were pretty damn critical of McGregor coming into this fight, and I think uh, you can be heavily critical afterwards by his behavior, no question. But to close uh, on the on the ability there, uh, do you want to take into stock though when he may have hurt that ankle initially, and if it happened yes. on the kick that that Poirier block with his elbow that. 
although you can certainly make the case that Connor initiated the, the, the standing clinch to, to get away from the punches that were landing, and that's true, um, I wonder how, you know, if he knew in that moment there that, that the balance was compromised and that if that was the beginning of what became a series of desperation moves. Again, that I, I did praise because I like the spirit of the desperation, but do you think maybe you're overlooking the impact it may have had uh, on the planting and that's why he took it there? Meaning, overall, Luke, that it's hard to score much from the five minutes beyond just saying, okay, wild batshit round, Poirier's still better. But are, are, are you missing something on, when, on the timing of the injury there, Luke? Possible. Certainly possible. I mean, here's the thing, though. Connor, whatever else you want to say about him, this is just true at this point. When he loses, he makes a lot of excuses. And you could say, that, I'm not one of these guys that's like against the idea that fighters can't make excuses. Yo, if your leg is broken, that's a pretty good fucking reason why you can't fight up to normal or if your hand is broken or, or something, right? If, you, if you're seeing double. Like those, to me, those are explanations just as much as they are excuses. But Connor does make a lot of excuses when he loses. Some of them might be good. Some of them might be bad. His coach is saying that maybe he had a pre-existing injury a little bit ahead of time. I've seen a lot of Zapruder film, like, oh, it was from the elbow. Oh, it was John Wayne Parr had a totally separate video saying it came from something else. So, yes, obviously you have to have some kind of understanding that a fourth fight could be unique in many respects. Um, but Connor himself hasn't said anything other than he thought he was winning the whole time until it went south. That tells me that it probably didn't have much of a role uh, because he would he, he, if Connor's got an excuse to tell you, he's going to tell you. And I just didn't well, see Well, he's one. also insane right now, Luke. So that can we transition right to <laughs> that? Because you know what we <laughs> should be talking? The greatest thing we can say about Poirier, and yeah, ability-wise, he did what he had to do, dude. He was better on the feet, better on the ground. But really, the, the best reaction Poirier had was handling all the negativity and the bullshit, which, Luke, only increased, like, tri-fold after the fight when McGregor's sitting on his butt with his back to the cage. And now there's new footage. Luke, I don't know if you've seen this, of him, you know, pointing at Dustin's wife and saying, uh, you know, that essentially... Luke, was he kind of saying, like, I'm going to come into your house and, 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 uh, and kill you? I mean, like, there was something so, to that. So let, let, me ask you, let me ask you this way. Between the loss, the injury not so much, but between the loss and how he handled the loss, where even UFC President Dana White, although, of course, he's told other people to put their wives on leashes. I don't know exactly from what point he makes the, you know, the, the claim he could, that, to make. But, okay, neither here nor there. Where Connor just literally openly attacked Joe Lee Porter, all the stuff he said, I'm going to kill you, blah, blah, blah. Did he damage his brand? His brain? Or his brand? Or his brand. brand. Oh, okay. I brand. was like, well, look, if you want to go there, we could get into this. But no, uh, Luke, so here's the deal. It, it, it damages certainly the, 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 uh, the smell factor in, in, in to a degree, you know what I mean? In terms of like, like the hero side of it that, that, uh, you know, and it brings him darker, hardcore into the villain side. And I do understand that some people from watching that are like, Oh, he's not good. I'm not going to buy his fights anymore. But Luke, he's could also be entering the second half of Mike Tyson's pay-per-view career where I'm not saying Connor completely goes off the rails and becomes like a disqualified machine where he starts biting people's ears. I don't mean that extreme, but Luke, I just mean a rabid, final 15 minutes of Scarface type of, you know, run to end where Connor's still going to be in big pay-per-views. And again, he'll probably lose more than he wins in the long run against the big names. But um, I think he can almost maintain this sort of rabid craziness uh, and be very marketable with it. I'm not saying it's healthy. I'm not saying his behavior is reputable. It went very far. But again, let's circle back to Poirier. Luke, seriously, his handling of that across the board was like mm. a 
100 out of out of 100 like i mean it was it was absolute perfection ufc's got to be so grateful that poirier is the professional that he is because i'm with you it's like even if Connor is saying this horrendous shit, number one, in combat sports, that's a good thing, sort of. I mean, not a good thing that people are saying it or that it's having an impact on the world, but like, if you just look at the way tickets get sold in this business, that's a big reason. So I understand it. Also, BC, you know, this, we, we need a fresh perspective because I saw shots to Stefan Kesting. He's this Canadian uh, jiu jitsu black belt who does all these instructionals and has been doing them for many, many years. He was so disgusted by it. I saw on Instagram, he's like, I'll never buy another. Conor McGregor pay-per-view. Now, he's a sort of a principled guy in that way. I can understand the way he feels. You and I are so fucking numbed out to people saying <laughs> awful and disparaging shit to each other that I, I, I'll be honest with you, I'm not even doing a bit, BC. I barely even noticed. I barely well, even Luke, noticed uh, until I saw I, people bring it up being like, that. how could he do that? How could he be that way? And I was like, oh, yeah, he said awful shit. I totally forgot. It didn't even register with me. Okay, so there's that side of it, which is so true. We are so ridiculously desensitized. Also, Luke, from my factory town upbringing, if you want to put a little more uh, fuel in that fire. But uh, here's the deal, though, Luke. I think I'm the only one saying this. Like, I don't need it to go to the, like, was Connor just, just, I mean, he was, a, he was an absolute dirt hole in every aspect, Luke, okay? <laughs> every single aspect, like, no question about it. But, yeah, I have no feeling like, this needs to stop because this is the fight game. You know, we really can't lipstick on the pig. I don't want a lipstick on the pig. Sometimes I like that boxing and MMA people can get rid of, get away with saying, you know, absurd things that you can never say in mainstream sports. It's just, it's, it's part of the sauce, man. It's part of why we got into it. So, um, do I think Connor's batshit crazy and way out of line? Yes. But Luke, I, I'm almost like, you know, that Jack Nicholson meme, like, yeah, yeah, let, let's see what we can do. Let's make some fun fights. You know, let's let this rabid animal loose on the on, on the trash heap. Um, yeah. Does that make me an awful person, Luke? A I kind of like fighting this way. I kind of like fighting yeah. this way. I don't think fighting needs to be gentlemanly. I don't think it ever was. Right, Luke? Like, can okay. We, can we... okay, no, no, I'm, I'm with you that there's a lot of pearl clutching about this. I mean, listen, I think if a person... Like Stefan Kesting saw this and they were just like, I don't want to give my money to people like this. I totally understand that. It's just, if I, you know, here's a little I want heads classy up. cage fighters. Get the frick out of here. Luke. Nah, I can understand why he would be, I could understand why he would feel the way that he would feel. But I'm with you. I think a lot of these guys are a lot more like Connor than people seem to realize. Two, you know, this is what makes the fight game go round. It's not new. It never will be new. There's certainly been a lot worse. But and three, we need BC, villains. like. We need villains. We need them. Yeah, like okay. That's fine. But that doesn't mean you and I have to actively cheerlead it. We can we can sort of take a role of dispassionate observation rather than endorsement, uh, even though well, we can look, understand the role that it plays. It definitely went too far, and I and you and I reacted to it in the Connor and Habib build and afterwards, because my fear, Luke, was that you're you have the potential of inciting like populations of people. I mean, I was in the building at 229 when that riot broke out, and obviously it, it did get cleaned up fast but it could have been you know much worse so i feel when it's going that level of far that's when i'm like okay let's pull it back but i'm never gonna be like uh you know uh, little kids should not watch this because they're like i mean look it's it's an action dude it's entertainment in in encounters of char character and a villain and uh you know if you're letting your kids watch uh, elite level cage fighting anyway luke anyway we should have conversations yeah but hold right? on i will say this i do think his brand is changing a little bit before it was, I'm going to say, outrageous, disparaging things. I mean, he's been saying outrageous, disparaging things for a while. But before he was winning, and before BC, and I think you could pick up on this too, 
it was a lot funnier before. Yes. Now it's just, it's not playful at all. Now it's just like hateful and angry. So whether his brand is damaged or not, I don't know. But I can say, BC, I do feel a bit of a shift from something lighthearted to something darkhearted. And it started, if you remember, the Eddie Alvarez fight week was the first time the dark side. Oh, well, okay, let me take that back. You can always go back to, uh, you know, either Nate fights or obviously the, the how he handled some of the Jose Aldo favela stuff and all that, Luke. I, I'm, I'm not trying to make that comparison the same way, but I feel like, you know, the dark turn for Anakin here, that old bitch Anakin started in um, uh, in the Alvarez fight week. And then, you know, he he still had whatever was left in the fun side of it, Luke. He's he's he spilled that out against Mayweather, even though there was awful some also some awful comments made by both as well mixed in. But. Yeah, it's no longer fun, Luke, but, you know, people people that are acts for a really long time, like Madonna or David Bowie, they change skin often, or Luke, okay? This is just another, uh, I mean, it's, it's a shitty pers- persona, but this is just another persona on a complicated character in this entertainment game. I mean, I, I don't mean right. to pull the humanity out of it by looking at it like that, but that's what it is, Luke. No, I think that's a fair and sober take. All right, so let me ask you about this part, the fourth fight between them. BC, I'm very much against it in the way in which it was presented, right? So the way, and I, I realize that this could all change. Everyone's just talking on Saturday night, you know, when it, when the rubber meets the road, it ends up being usually a little bit different. But here's where I come down on this. You had the fight in January, you lost handily. You had this one, there was an accident. I'm not against there being a fourth fight at all. But at this point, the win and the loss does count on the record. Whether or not you think it should or it shouldn't, it does. Poirier moves on. He deserves to fight for the title, and he will. That part's great. But what Dana White is saying is that when Connor comes back around, they're going to give him another shot at Dustin. Here is my belief, BC. And tell me why I'm wrong, or maybe you disagree, but whatever. Well, it's not I'm gonna be okay next. with you a get fourth. That, right? Uh, okay. I, I want to make I'm sure okay you with a, All right. I'm okay with a fourth fight happening. I'm even okay with a fourth fight happening. If Connor gets a win against one other person, but you got to get a win against somebody else. He cannot go back in there, especially if Poirier wins the title and gift Connor a fucking title shot off of this. I don't want to see that at all. I'm not advocating for that, but I would say, Luke, I don't even think that's as bad as 46 year old Dan Henderson getting a title shot or getting a light heavyweight title shot. I mean, there's been all. I'm not trying to compare sores and say, well, it's not as bad as the others. But I get it. The, the better case scenario is a comeback win. I think the the brand the brand of Conor McGregor could really use that. Um, it's going to be. It would be interesting theater too, from from what we're talking about on the evolution of his brand. You know, would, would he try to baby face it up for a comeback fighter? Is he just this rabid animal, and that's what it's going to be? And and that's what gets him fired up, and that's the entertainment value. That might be too. But, Luke, the way that this is going to play out is we're going to get Charles Oliveira and Dustin Poirier, and it's going to be fantastic. But if Poirier wins or loses, Luke, his next fight after that is going to be Connor. And that's just, that's just how the business works. And, uh, there's, again, there, there's everything from, from customer fatigue to how could Connor keep getting this? Well, you know, membership in this 1% club does have its privileges. And, again, Luke... Even if Poirier goes out there and finishes him again, it'll sell big and the fight will be fun as shit, right? Am I, are you are you lost on the on the potential if this rivalry has to keep going, that it that that it could be a couple more chapters and it could be wild shit, Luke? Because Poirier's I'm, gonna I'm, I'm, get dude, old I'm too. okay. I'm okay with the rivalry continuing and then these guys finding each other more than normal 
if circumstances play out in a way that justifies it, right? If if uh, if okay, here's a couple scenarios. Let's say Poirier loses to uh, Oliveira, then you could probably do a rematch or a, whatever fourth fight, whatever you want to call it at that point, right away. Fine. Uh, if Poirier wins against Oliveira, then I think you need to see Connor maybe against an RDA or a Tony Ferguson or something like that. Great and if Connor looks like right the way, there, right? Great if Connor looks the way, if he looks the way that you think he looked before everything went awry, then he should win that one, and then you can do it. But what if he loses to Tony or uh, RDA? You're going to just now manufacture. Uh, here's my point: There's two ways to look at Saturday. One is that it's unfinished business. That's the one that everyone is defaulting to. Fine, I understand that. There's another way to look at it, though, which is that they had their moment to intersect, and they're on two different paths. And we keep trying to force them back together, and I don't know if we need to at this point. They could actually be going in very different directions or at least have a clear separation between them in terms of what their levels are and that you're fucking with the matchmaking a little bit to justify a rivalry that may not even be there anymore. No, you're, you're, you're fucking with it a lot, Luke. I mean, you know, we didn't like, uh, we didn't like Maz Vidal Usman too. Yeah, this is worse than that. But, I mean, look, that's what history tells you the the you know what a what a giant brand gets and somebody that's, that's you know that they can sell as close enough which they certainly can still sell that so you mentioned um so look we know where Dustin's going next rightfully to the title I Luke I'm telling you straight up I'm actively cheering for Dustin to win that not not to get McGregor again for the title because I I cannot I cannot sit here and 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 feel good at night if Dustin Poirier somehow retires never having won that full championship Luke when he's when he firmly established that he's the best lightweight in the world but uh uh he's going to get that shot next you mentioned Ferguson or RDA as good Conor opponents keep him the heck away from Gaethje if you're UFC cuz that would end badly but i think there are matchups here that uh that he's going to that he can and, and will win when he has the striking advantage Luke do you like anyone else in that spot are we are we giving UFC too much credit. Could they go super soft next for, I mean, how soft would be, you know, short of bringing Diego Sanchez back, how soft would be insulting to you? Outside the top 10. Okay. Outside the top 10. I mean, don't you agree he's a top 10 fighter? I think he's a top 10 fighter. Yes, I agree. I mean, he might even be top three, top five, uh, top five. I, I don't know, but he's definitely top 10 as far as I can tell. So, Give him someone in that space. All right. There are other fights on the card, BC. Let's talk about them here. Gilbert Burns, of course, topic number two, emerged the victor over Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. Here's my question to you, BC. In winning, did Gilbert Burns show you anything new, or did he remind you of what you already knew? That's an interesting question. Um, neither. Yet, I'm also like, really happy with the win in ways that the people that were booing and the people that were upset online and even Dana White, I, you know, I get that they're, they're, they were upset for the lack of entertainment, but it just, it just confirmed for me what I already knew that this guy's smart. And Luke, he was in a fight in which it's really hard to look good against uh, Steven Thompson when he's at that level. And he proved that he's still at that level, by the way, in this uh, performance, even though he lost in, in, you know, lost to a, a better adjustment, but this was a hell of a, a gamble, but a great, calculated gamble in that third round by uh, Gilbert to take the fight to the ground and hope he could do enough with the ground and pound for that final 90 seconds or so to sway the judges in his favor. And he did in the end. And it, it wasn't exciting in that regard. It was exciting for me from the standpoint of seeing if he could pull it off and, and you know, knowing what was at stake. So Luke, I have zero problem with the lack of entertainment because I look at 
again, him shooting there in the third, I thought it would be an easier path when he was already losing in that, that third round and the fight was up for grabs. It would have been an easier path to just think the quickest I can come for a home run is to, is to fight him on the feet. And I thought that's what he was going to do and get desperate. But no, Lou, he stuck to his guns, and that's mm. an interesting gamble, man. Yeah, it is. You know, here, I would say, actually, I, I did think I saw some new things in there. I had known that he could fight a well-rounded, disciplined game. I knew that. But to do it with the stakes this way against an opponent this tricky, I mean, that's the key to Wonderboy Thompson. It's one thing to get anything to work against him. And B, it's hard to do that repeatedly over rounds in a disciplined, coordinated way to make it count. I mean, think about how Woodley fought him. Woodley had these bursts where something would happen, but a lot of time wasn't shit happening at all in those fights. With with uh, with a guy like Dorino, yeah, okay, a couple moments of inactivity, but in general, he was kind of all over Wonder Boy, sticking to his game plan. It worked. He went back to it. He had success. He did it in multiple phases. It wasn't just the ground, although that was a big part of it, obviously, if not the biggest part, but there were other parts of the, of the uh, effort as well. To me, man, this is a guy who... Everything we've seen up to this point in terms of becoming a well-rounded MMA fighter, this to me took it to like, I don't know if a new level exactly, but it was really a refresher that he's not, even at, what, what age is he, 34, I think? He's not too yes. young. Uh, even at 34, man, he's still skill building. I didn't see anything that told me I, I would expect a different Kamaru Usman fight, and I think that's where he comes up short. But to take a challenge and puzzle as tricky as Wonderboy and to defuse the bomb very carefully, not in sort of like fireworks spectacular ways, although they had a couple of moments of exchanging, but to coordinatedly, calmly just execute in the way that he did. Man, he made it look way, way, way simpler a task than it actually was. Extremely impressive. Yeah, I'm happy to hear you put the respect on his name and see and see it that way because you could easily see it the other way as if it was some penalty to, to, to strategically a more boring style um i know it's not going to win you fans but this wasn't about winning fans this was about winning this no. fight which he which he did luke i i i kind of like his chances somehow even better against usman even though it's not because of this performance i just mean i feel like he had a moment early against usman and then you know the moment got a little bit too big for him and, and he was flat the rest of the way and then usman to his advantage man when he found an area of advantage he, he pounded him out and got rid of him, but uh, I kind of would like his chances a second time just from knowing that that wasn't his best performance. Yeah, I actually agree with you. Um, I, I I would say that like this is one of those cases where you know it wouldn't have been disaster if he had lost to Kamaru and then Wonder Boy, but it would have been like oh he was just good for a moment. He had a moment where he was able to climb the ranks and get a title shot, but you know he regressed back to the normal mean. Well, it turns out, no, he didn't. It turns out that the reason he got that shot was certainly no fluke, no no impressive one single run. That guy can do it again. I actually agree with you too, BC. I think he can do better against Kamaru. I guess what I'm saying is I didn't see anything, and you know they're wildly different opponents, but I don't know that I saw anything in this fight that told me he could beat Kamaru. But do better? Yeah, I, I believe that a guy this this dedicated to his craft and this good could give Kamar Usman a much tougher fight the second time around. Sure, absolutely. If, you, if you're if you're Team Wonderboy, Luke, and obviously this is a, this this loss is a you know does a lot of damage to his potential you know hopes of of ever getting back to this point. But uh, would you what would you have changed if you were Team Wonderboy there? I mean, he 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 didn't do great on the ground, but he also didn't wasn't disastrous and put himself in spots where he could be close to being finished at all. You know, getting put on the ground by Dorino is different than almost any other UFC fighter in that division. I, I, 
Yeah, it is different in the division. I mean, it's not to say that Jorge Masvidal is not a threat to submit you because he is, but they're not threats like him, dude. I mean, I don't know how to explain it. You know, like if you've ever rolled with like a really high level guy, dude, one wrong move and the it's like the Jenga piece and the whole shit comes down. And so what it ends up being is that a guy like Wonderboy, who's never going to match the skill of Burns anyway, but on top of that, what it ends up happening is it ends up making you do less because you're afraid whatever direction I go, I'm going to leave an opening that I don't know about that he does, and that's going to facilitate the end. And so you saw a little bit of a reserved response from Wonderboy, but that's you know that's 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 no that's that's a credit to Gilbert, man. That's not really a I wouldn't really hammer the Wonderboy team for that. I would just say it's an unfortunate circumstance for them that they got caught in a scenario like that. But credit to Gilbert Burns for making opponents think so much that they it's analysis, uh, it's paralysis by analysis, you know? Yeah, yeah, very, very All right. fair, Luke. All right, BC, let's get to this one. We did not talk about this on Saturday night, but I'm really curious to hear what you have to say. Greg Hardy was not only stopped via strikes, he was stopped via strikes in the first round against Tai Tuivasa, and I tweeted this out, and it went and viral is not the strong word, but people noticed it. BC, Greg Hardy no longer holds a win over a existing member of the UFC heavyweight roster. He has four wins and I think just as many, if not more, losses. Okay, someone asked me, BC, so what has Greg Hardy proven so far in the UFC? And my answer is, if all of your wins are over the guys who couldn't make it, then you can say you're better than the guys who can't sustain a UFC career. So he's better than that. But it doesn't appear to be a whole lot better than that. And he's still on these main card placements. BC, is it time for the Greg Hardy UFC experiment to come to an end? Uh, yeah, but not, not you know, let's cut the guy or anything like that. I just mean uh, you can't justify, well, I don't know. Maybe you can because this fight was pretty damn exciting and may have, you know, really pushed another guy into Ivasta to a level of potential stardom I, I wasn't even looking at. But specific to Hardy, um, it's a bad loss because he talked huge game coming in. I mean, he spent more time in that media day calling out Derek Lewis than he did, you know, uh, to Ivasa. So it's like, here's a guy who was really putting it out there that, you know, I I'm for real and I'm this great person. And that's, I know it's another sort of philosophical debate there, Luke, on how he uh, represents himself. It kind of, you know, touched your buttons a little. I, I understand why. Um, but this, he, this is, he's an average fighter, you know, like, could he get better? Yeah, he's only 32, but he needed this win. He called for this fight. And he lost it disastrously. So you can't justify putting him in these, you know, co-main events or this or the consistently high placement on the pay-per-view card. At least I don't think you can anymore because I don't think, you know, like he hasn't been. This is the first time what that we've really seen him like not cold. So I, I know it gave a certain amount of like, uh, you know, pleasure to people that were looking for that. But I don't think they keep coming back just looking for that. Luke. No, I mean, here's the thing, though, like. What would be the reason why you would want to put him on a main card? Oh, heavyweights that will bang are reliable for what the UFC's purposes are when they're selling something to you. For example, like on the Fox cards, you could almost always guarantee, not always, but routinely guarantee they were going to have like like Pat Barry versus LeVar Johnson. You know what I mean? Like just two heavyweight guys out there who are going to absolutely blow each other's brains out. It's reliable for that. That's that that that's fine. Look, if he's good enough to win, to maintain being kept on the roster, and you want to put him in fights like that to pad out a roster or a, a fight card itself, and let's put the right fights in the right parts of the card, you know, to get the most out of the audience. Yeah, I think fine. But like, I'm pretty comfortable in saying unless something can really change for him going forward, 
this is pretty much who he is. This is his level. And it's it's okay. It, it's not great. But it doesn't deserve any other kind of special consideration. He is, to me, a UFC heavyweight and not much more. That's about what he rates. So if the UFC wants to use him like that, that's fine. But I think from this show on, you know, whatever. I mean, Greg Hardy's got a bit of a bigger name, I suppose, to some. But to me, it's like he's not even, like, bad. And he's not necessarily boring. But he's not good either. He's just there and I'm okay with that but we should acknowledge that's all that there is yeah 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 we should and uh can we talk about Tui Vasa now Luke because uh yes I mean this felt like he he made a big leap in the public consciousness like people already knew about Shuiz and I know it, it the timing is great because you and I did one of those filthy disgusting things during uh Friday's MK show so yes, we did. uh so, you know, we should not throw any uh, <laughs> rocks at anybody's uh, glass house. Okay, uh, but his, dude, our shoeys are gross. His fucking shoeys are our, those our people swimming level. in the sewers in Manhattan. They're just, it's disgusting. But here's the deal. Um, you put him on a Connor card and he did this. And he knocked out Greg Hardy, who's the name that people right. were looking and hoping. Dude, he might become a folk hero off of this. Did you get that vibe? Like, this was like the fans were going nuts for this, Luke. Yeah, I did get that vibe. He had an exciting win. He actually was kind of funny in the post-fight comments. Like, you know, he said he wanted to bang. Bruv, I'm not the one. Find another bloke. I thought that was really good. The shoey was incredible. You're right, on the Connor card itself. I've, I've been kind of waiting for Tai Tuivasa to become, you know, the casual fan's favorite kind of show up and bang, win or lose type, you know? Um, but maybe he can be more than that. We'll see because he wants to go to AKA and, 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 and train. But... I got to tell you, um, this was a huge weekend for Taito Iwasa. Big. I mean, he was funny on, like... on on the pre-fight press, on the pre-fight stuff, and he was funny afterwards. Huge win, big visibility, charismatic personality, party trick. He's got a party trick. I mean, that's worth something. I'm like, I, I could see him. It's almost like a cowboy like thing, cowboy Cerrone type thing with him that I can see right. the connection long term, where the fans love him, win or lose. I'm trying to make a comparison, though, Luke. Have we had a unapologetic heavyweight gunslinger on this level in the past that that's like knockout or nothing and is and that's the way I fight and that's that's who I am and uh that that got this type of potential for for uh for fandom you don't I, I'm trying to think like it was Pat Barry like that it just the run didn't last very long no it he didn't was last like enough that. to get to get real attention you know that's like that's such a perfect character to have right like the talking like the the playful i don't care all or nothing heavyweight slugger and uh, it's good to see one of those rise and dude he's hilarious i mean i don't like like this this was the kind of win that that we're going to find out how good he really is now luke i think he's got three in a row and he's going to step up to now the rank level but uh and i'm not even sure luke where that's going to go whether in terms of wins or losses but uh they do have something else special here it seems it does, they do, and uh, obviously, hopefully, we can get shows back in Australia so he can, um, you know, build his his brand further there. But I agree with you; like he is, he's reliably fun. I think when he's tried to go up to the next level, it's been a bit of a you know the JDS fight was a little bit of a you know uh, he's more fun against the Greg Hardys of the world. I'll put it that way. It's going to limit his overall ceiling, but if you add in those personality factors that you're talking about, he can become so much more. So gr great win by him. It's just that with Greg Hardy, it's like, it is what it is, man. All right, topic number four, B, uh, BC. Sean O'Malley looked phenomenal on Saturday, but he was supposed to look phenomenal because he had an opponent coming in on very last-minute notice. 
I don't have much to say about that. Sugar Sean looked pretty good. Chris Moutinho, incredibly durable, blah, blah, blah. Where are you, though, on Herb Dean's stoppage of it with roughly 30 seconds left in the main, uh, the, uh, the, the, the third round? 100% agreed with it. Uh, well, and it's, it's weird because my argument for it is almost like, well, look at the circumstances of the fight. This kid had nothing left to gain. Like, I think Moutinho gained exactly what he came there to do. Show that he's that he's stupid, hungry, and durable to hope to get another fight or another, you know, or a real contract or something. Like he passed that. Like he went, you know, mainlined it to Dana's heart, and uh, and so from that regard, I'm like, oh god, that was a mercy stoppage. I mean, he could have been stopped so much earlier in that regard. But the in reality, though, referees, you know, are not supposed to think in that terms. Look at you know Richard Steele in in the the Julio Cesar Chavez uh, Meldrick Taylor fight. You know, he stopped that with what like three or five seconds left. Where in theory, you're like, man, if he just let that go the distance, we would have found out who won. Taylor, you know, had enough rounds, he would have won. Well, it's like I'm not supposed to keep that in my mind. I see a fighter who's taken too much punishment. I need to save him. So in that regard, absolutely, Luke, this could have been stopped well earlier when you when you saw it. Now, look, I love the fight forever people that are like, you know, Moutinho was breaking him down, man. He was he had him on the verge of gassing him out, you know. No, dude, he had the verge of like. Uh, needing, you know, full facial surgery and, and you know, and, uh, and all that. But uh, he, he, he came there to be a crash test dummy, Luke, and he, he played that role big time. I mean, insane. Insane, Luke, how much he was willing to take. Yeah, I have no problem with the stoppage at all. And I wonder, BC, if you watch boxing, this stoppage makes a lot more sense. It looked like boxing stoppages where when someone's getting tuned up and there's a big disadvantage, the referees don't let it go for four or five rounds. If you if, if I goes a few rounds and there's a big skill difference, and again, you know, credit to Moutinho, insanely tough and absolutely committed to whatever he needed to do to win, but on the skills department, he had like what did he have? He had no he had no skill really to win. And and you had it gone, you know, uh two and a half rounds or more than that, almost fourteen plus minutes. And he had shown no real offense. He had no meaningful offense, really, to, to, to account for. He was taking unbelievable amounts of damage. And referee Herb Dean saw enough. I mean, you have to understand a couple of things. People, folks are being like, oh, he, you know, he deserved that extra 30 seconds for his own dignity. It wouldn't have changed anything related to that. It's just a total fantasy, number one. Number two, folks, you do not want, forget this fight for just a second, you do not want a rule written down in Nevada's bylaws that states a referee can use time in a round to allow a fight to continue longer, even if someone is taking punishment that they no longer are comfortable seeing. Again, you could say in this case that doesn't solve that problem, but you would agree that a rule generally, you should not allow for that. Because if you do, someone's going to get really fucking hurt or killed. Referees are not arbiters of moral victories. That is not what they are there to do. They are there to protect people who they believe are getting hurt to the point where they want to intervene. That's their only role. And whether that happens after nine seconds left in a, or nine seconds expired in a fight or when there's only nine seconds left, it doesn't matter. The rule should be what the rule is. You change that rule and people are going to get fucking killed. And then the last thing I would say about this, BC, about it all is like, you know, I don't understand what these bloodthirsty folks are after. You wanted him to take 30 more seconds of damage. Would that have changed his life forever, the 30 seconds? No. I'm with BC. Could have been stopped a lot earlier. But the idea that this kid got saved 30 seconds of extra damage, which, by the way, could have been a knockout damage. We don't know. But he got saved from that. Herb Dean did him a favor. He did him a favor. If you allow referees to start giving fans what they want to see for nice 
tidy narratives. You get what you get when you had Shevchenko versus Kachwera and Mario Yamasaki explicitly saying, I let her go out on her shield like a warrior. Well, she also took a fucking epic damage and he was removed from his job as a consequence. You cannot play games like that ever. Luke, uh, Sean O'Malley's future. He called out a, a large spectrum of names. What's the right matchmaking? Because it is time to step up in a fairly big way. So how high? How high do we go here? Um, With the next fight? Yeah. Yeah, Luke. Yeah, the next freaking fight. I, I think... I think... He called out... I think Dominic Cruz would be an interesting fight. Hell he yeah. said Garbrandt hadn't fought since 2012. I don't know about the Garbrandt fight. He just lost to Rob Font. I don't know about that one. Dillashaw and what you call it, Sanhagen have their own thing. Yeah, I like that Cruz fight. What about you? That is a great pick. I, I hadn't, uh, I wasn't looking, I wasn't zeroing in on that one, but I like that one a, a lot. And I just, you just reminded me that Sanhagen, Dillashaw is coming soon, and that's going to be freaking fantastic. Luke. Do you remember when I asked him about that, that Sean O'Malley said that was a good question? I was like, oh, yeah, it is Sean O'Malley. And you You're got right. like a giant erection, and you were, you were loving yep. it. You were loving yep. that. And then you asked You're to like, touch it. They, I was like, see, they, they don't, don't always do send me to hell. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, last but not least, let's go to topic number five, BC. Give me another fight we've not talked about on this UFC 264 card. Give me somebody, something, somewhere. What stood out to you and why? Well, there's a picture of Jessica I there, Luke. Um, Jessica Eyes third eye blind uh, was was something, Luke, and that was a hard fought battle there with Jennifer Maya and I. We had both liked Maya coming in, and she she proved what she had to prove from the standpoint of taking you know another uh, pretty big step back in the title hunt. But uh, man, Luke, that that's some deep. There's some that's a that's a cave, Luke, that opened up. You know you know any local spelunkers, Luke? Um, no. That was gnarly. Yeah, it was bad. By the way, she's not at Extreme Couture anymore. I'm not even sure she's with any formal team. I think she's got a few people training her. But um, she left that gym, as I understand it. So she did not... I mean, it was a tough fight no matter what. But I don't know. She just did not have what she needed to get ahead. I'll put it that way. True or false? True, true. And that's four out of five defeats now for I you know, including the, uh, the title knockout loss. So it's a, it's a tough turn. Cause she's been competitive in a lot of these, but the numbers don't lie, Luke. They don't. Um, for me, I'll go with the one we had talked about in, during the week leading up, which was, uh, Ryan Hall and Ilya Toporia, man. That was a, uh, that was it, Ryan Hall apparently broke his hand. He put out a message on social media. He broke his hand on the very first punch he landed, which I'm sure is going to hobble things a little bit for him. Um, you know, to me, when he went back to the well of those roles a little too many times, because the more you do them, the more someone can time them or get a sense of where they can intervene. And, and you saw that Taporia, um, I think, stopping the headlock and then using that to come across his body this way with his right hand uh, and just absolutely put, you know, a guy like Ryan Hall's lights out. People were asking me, like, oh, did Ryan Hall get figured out? I'm like, well, I mean... People have always kind of known what maybe needed to do you needed to do to beat him, but they didn't really have the ability to pull it off. I'm sure that the way Topuria did this will give some people some advantages next time. But Ryan's a knuckleballer, man. He's going to be listen. There's going to be some nights where the knuckleballer goes out there and is going to get shelled, but there's also going to be nights where he goes out there and just pitches a fucking shutout. That wasn't the night on Saturday. Topuria is a very tough guy. 
But I'm still convinced, BC, I wonder where you are on this. I think Ryan Hall is still going to be tricky for the right kind of opponent. Oh, he's going to be tricky until the until the day he retires. There's no question about it. The knuckleballer comparison is a very, is an apt one. It, it was also that, look, we didn't have a real understanding of Ryan Hall's ceiling in, in any ways. He hadn't fought in two years. He, he you know, he'd fought so such long gaps between fights that uh, I don't think this told us, you know, uh, it told us a lot more about Tapuri, I thought, because he came in there with the bigger reputation and then found a path to victory and did it spectacularly and, uh, you know, talked with such confidence before and after the fight about the dangers of that matchup. But, uh, you know, it wasn't that, that the knuckleballer was going to be perfect forever, Luke. We all knew that. Um, okay. So that is it for the five topics, BC. Well, hold on. Hold on. I don't want to... What about... I, Irene Aldana's uh, finish, Luke. Holy crap, bro. What do you want to say about it? It was impressive. And and that's a division, you know, very much void of big names and, and you know, credible challenges to Amanda Nunes' title. And I know that Aldana missed weight, and I know that she's coming off a loss to Holly Holm that was a, you know, let's check where she's at, so to speak, type of fight. But the... She already had plus power for for not just this weight class, but it seems the entire women's game, Luke. But man, this was impressive given that she came in overweight. There, you know, uh, she had uh, a lot to potentially lose here, and she dominated this fight. You know, I mean, so it was yeah. a little bit of a wake up call, Luke. It was a wake because I thought Kunitskaya was right at that level of like maybe being on the verge of a title shot herself. So this was huge. Yeah, they, I mean, 135 needs real contenders. I don't know if this was the fight to get her a title shot. Obviously, Pena is going to be there first. But someone was asking me, what's a good fight for Aldana? How about Aldana versus Duran Demi? I mean, that would be a hell of a scrap. Yes. And, and yes. if Aldana can win that, you you got to like her chances, to, not to beat necessarily the become the champion, but she would earn a title shot at that point. Dude, I thought she looked awesome everywhere. Her jab was good. Her footwork was good. Her clinch breaking. Yeah, Kunitskaya had no response. For the clinch breaking, and I'm told, you know, listen, here's my view on the missing weight. Like, you can't be missing weight by three and a half pounds. You just can't be. I'm told that she had a really tough bout with COVID. Not doesn't have it now, but like it kind of fucked her up a little bit. And so the 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 weight cut was impacted by her ability to get over those things. Hopefully, over time that goes away. Because I'll just say this, BC, that was a solid win, super solid win. She looked her ground and pound was sniper ish, and her finishing ability was just dialed in from the word go. But you can't be missing weight by three and a half pounds. You can't. And if you're if you've got some issue that is gonna you know make this a consistent problem, you know, I don't wanna say you gotta go to one forty five, but you gotta figure something else out because as good as that win was and as much praise as we wanna give her, and whatever sickness you may have had, you can't come in three and a half pounds over consistently. You cannot do that. Look, do you think the no, you're right, you're right, you're right. Do you think the promotion is ever in a spot where they look at this and they go, Okay, if we if we and it doesn't have to be specific to Aldana, but you know if we if we know who, how good she is, but if we put her in there with a GDR, she's probably gonna lose. She just lost the home. We want a fresh new opponent for Amanda, so let's just send her right to her. I, I don't think they would be above doing that for the sake of uh, of just for a fresh, fresh challenge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's probably true. I mean, they're gonna grade her on a curve. But I'm just saying for professionalism reasons. You know, everyone's got difficult circumstances they got to get over. Fair enough, but. Bro, your opponent is entitled to fight someone of a similar weight. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you gotta, you gotta get that under control. Whatever, whatever has to happen. So, I'll leave it there. But you're right. She, she was fucking solid perform. Dude, that card flew by. Right? You had the O'Malley fight, which went almost a distance, but was pretty exciting. Then you had the Tuivasa fight. It was or, or Aldana fight. Whatever one was next. That was quick. Hardy fight, quick. 
co-main event went a little long and then the the first uh the, the main event was short as shit like that night ended pretty quickly i was pretty happy about that a lot of celebrities um, okay too, Luke. lot lot yes, of celebrities. shit tons of celebrities all right so bc it's time now where instead of you and i asking each other questions the donks get to ask us question it's time for dms from donks all right here's a uh, consistent presence in our dms BC from Cubbies fan 80. In 10 yeah. years, whose MMA career will be looked at more fondly, McGregor or Rousey? Also, which of the two will be more relevant at the time in terms of public popularity for media, film, endorsements, and opportunities? In 10 years, BC, so in 2031, who, whose career will be looked at more fondly? I'm going to say I McGregor. I guess we have to – I get. Uh, I was thinking more about the letter. All right, whose career will be looked at more fondly? Uh, regret, Rousey is – Rousey's um, – tell me if I'm wrong. Rousey's legacy has been, like, history is not helping it. Like, do you think there, she could long-term be looked at as more of a Hoist Gracie pioneer specialist than... Yes. So, you know, it's not getting healthier in that regard. So 10 years from now, will people look at the two-division champion, McGregor, biggest pay-per-view star? They'll probably look at his legacy. Well, I don't know. Then we are talking about Rousey's impact. Are we just talking uh, impact or, or record, Luke, and accomplishment? Hey, listen, I'm not Cubby's fan 80. I don't know. It is an interesting debate there, Luke. Um, I don't know. Who will be more relevant for public opportunity for media, film, and endorsement opportunities? Rousey's doing a good job staying in that eye, you know, from wrestling to acting and directing and all that. Do you think McGregor 10 years from now will be, like, retired fighter, crazy personality, or, like, fully crossed over marketer, sometimes actor? I don't think, I don't see that coming, Luke. Yeah. Yeah, I don't see that either. I think I think the former, not the latter. But it's probably, uh, okay. the answer is probably still going to be McGregor. Luke, he, I, he's more worldwide yeah. famous than Rousey at her peak. Yeah, yeah. All right, from SPWNS Spawn Slayer, I guess. BC and Luke were making drinking bets. No, we weren't. Oh, I see. He's talking about a theoretical situation. Okay, theoretical situation. BC and Luke are making drinking bets. Luke loses... And now has to get the exact same tattoo that any fighter has. What fighter and what tattoo are you getting? Easy call. I would get Dylan Danis' sleeve. I would get his sleeve. Easy, 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 easy call. Dylan Danis, you know, like him or hate him, uh, the guy who That's did his tattoo they, was right. What was the spirit of that question? I thought the spirit of the question was, which, which tattoo would you force on somebody? Yeah, the question is, if I lost a bet... Let's say we were drinking and I lost a bet. Now I have to get any tattoo that any fighter has. So you have to, you have to replicate it exactly. Which one would you get? I would get Dennis's tattoo sleeve. Because while I have a sleeve that was an exact replica of somebody else's, it's a fucking amazing sleeve that is almost perfectly done. So I'd get no, that. No, it, 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 is, it is solid. It's solid ink, Luke. I thought I had to pick an embarrassing one for you, and I was going to 1,000% give you oh. the damage across your chest luke okay yeah and that's <laughs> and that's in that rick and morty font and just uh yeah that's uh it's wild luke uh all right that's a fair one all right from wing stop daddy this man must eat a lot of wings which current ufc fighter would be absolutely dominate he spelled it wrong in bkfc real quickly folks dominate is uh, spelled correctly here. You mean the word dominant. Two N's, no E. Two different words. 
All right, BC. Which current UFC Look, fighter? You think you're doing be, some good for the world? You think you're you think you're giving? You I, probably I, think you're giving back right now. No, no. Here's the thing. I know I'm not. And people are going to be like, oh, my God, Luke, just let us spell words like absolutely illiterate jabronis. There's two words that drive me fucking crazy in MMA. They misspell dominant and they spell dominate, which are two different words. Same word, but different, different, the same root anyway. And they misspell bias. They don't conjugate it. So they'll be like, oh, you are bias. Like I'm the act, I'm the actual, I'm, I'm, I'm all things bias or am I biased? B-I-A-S-E-D. If someone has bias, folks, they are biased with an E-D on the end. Like BC has E-D, think of it that way. Biased. There you go. Luke, BC, if somebody's gonna really win calling you bias on Twitter, they don't give a damn how you spell it, Luke, okay? I know. I've noticed that. I've noticed that. BC, who would kick ass in BKFC? Which current UFC fighter they're asking? Um, Greg Jessica Hardy? On- <laughs> Jessica Andrade. Jessica Andrade, fucking. I think Taito Ivasa would dominate in BKFC. I really do. Um, uh, G- uh, Gaff, our producer, is offering Masvidal. Masvidal would do well. Sure, he started out that way. Masvidal would do well. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's, Derek, dude, there's a bunch of them that Derek would do Lewis? well. Did you? Derek use that Lewis name would yet? do well. I didn't, but that's a good call. That's a great call. We need more uh, fat guys. Who who's the most now that Roy Nelson's kind of gone? Who's the most prominent fat guy? I think it's like Ty. unabashed, unabashed fat fighter, Luke. Isn't it Ty? I mean, D- Isn't it Ty Tuivasa? Besides heavyweight DC, Luke, probably Ty Tuivasa. Yeah, probably Ty. All right, uh, from Minor seven one zero two zero one three. Yeah, that's definitely not someone's birthday. Thanks for the great Friday show. We had a blast, and it was so fun to meet you both and ask a question live on the show. How do you think a fight between Cody Garbrandt and Sean O'Malley would play out? At this point, I think Sean O'Malley might have his way. That that would be a brilliant fight, matchmaking-wise, Luke. Like, that would be a great, great Is that the game. one you like for him? Uh, I didn't get into it, but that's that's the one I would have picked for him. Yeah, that one is, is all kinds of hot, Luke. It's It's very hot. Very hot. Okay. Good living with you. Wow. Dude, I, f- I find O'Malley's accuracy and angles and timing to be extremely good. Extremely yeah. good. And, and, and Moutinho made it look a little bit weak because he has a chin and he could just walk through it. But honestly, most guys are not going to do that. They're going to get touched up a few times and then they're going to do something else. But uh, he, he's fucking nasty. He's nasty. You think Moutinho. And by the way, I do think Judy he repaired Browning his. Luke? Say again? You think Moutinho beats a prime Junie Browning? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that'd, right, that'd, D- that'd be a trailer park Super Bowl, Luke. I'd be into that. Junie Browning was mostly good on the ground, not the feet. All right, from Danny Long Days. What was your guys' favorite part of the whole fight week being in Vegas? Thanks for all the great content, and thanks to uh, me for being a good sport and doing the shoey. Okay, well, both of us did shoeys. All right, BC. Favorite part of the whole fight week while being in Vegas? Going to get to the, to the weed store? <laughs> <laughs> the boys needed to get their candy. Uh, I would say, Luke, that uh, uh, without a question, it's a live MK show on Friday. We did two live yeah. shows there, did a bunch of great uh, content around that. Uh, but, uh, you know, that's that, that's an easy, that's an easy. Luke and BC make it look easy. I'll, I'll say the second biggest thing was uh, being in the arena with the full crowd again, Luke. 
Like the energy, yeah. I mean, look, it's a McGregor fight. The energy in that building was freaking intoxicating. I don't know if you could feel that through your TV, Luke. That shit was, uh, yes, please. I'll have what Yeah, see, I don't care about any of that stuff having. anymore. Yeah. Oh, are you kidding I, I, me? I, 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 a, that's the difference between you and me. You're like, I don't care about that stuff. I'm like, that's the sauce, brother. That's the boss. That's why I'm here, Luke. No, the to fights, get off, the fights, okay? the fights are the sauce. The audience. Okay, is, if you're is gonna come, come on, bro. Okay, you're like, I'm not really into that part of it, though. You know, I mean, come on. No, no, it's here, no, no. It's not that I'm not into it, BC. It just doesn't meaningfully enhance my experience. It doesn't. I didn't take three needles for you to act like that. Okay, Luke. Seriously. <laughs> okay, can you not? Can you do it this way, please, and not any other way, so we can stay out of trouble, please? Thank you. Okay, three needles. All right, BC. Uh, we've done, oh wait, I think there's one more. No, yeah, no, that was the last one. Favorite part of the whole fight week. I completely echo BC. Friday show was a big moment for the both of us. I also have to say, um, you know, the weed stores in Vegas are nice. I've, so, so I've heard, I've been told, I've not seen personally. Oh, I've been told that they're really was, nice. Worst part was the, uh, the hair, the, <laughs> the incredible hair dyeing incident, Luke. Okay. Can we just put that, which, which you then, which all? you then washed down with a, uh, $15 haircut that, you know, you tried to parade as like a example of high, high fashion haircutting. All right. For 24 bucks, I got a competent haircut, the back massage, the, the, the shampoo, the head rub, the face towel. I got the full experience. Looks like, yo, I just went to Las Vegas barbers cost me 60 plus, uh, you know, 55 and tip. and Which know, is like, a steal where I'm from. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Where you're from. With that being said, it's time now, BC, for you to take it away and show us more of your shit. <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right. Run that graphic there. Yes, please. Oh, God. Uh, Luke, I did scour the globe for the good, the bad, the ugly, the in-between, combat sports and beyond. Here we go. UFC 264 giving us a lot of shit this week, Luke. Um, let's go to this uh, Habib Nurmagomedov reaction tweet to the main event. Good always defeats evil. Your thoughts on Habib here? It's a little strong. It's a little strong okay. about this being a battle for people's soul. But uh, okay, I got to say this. This fucking guy, Nurmagomedov. His hatred of Conor McGregor is, it knows no boundaries. He is, well, it's alive and well. 99% of the people on Twitter seem to uh, agree with Habib. There was 1%, though. We don't have it here for a full screen, but did you, here's a tweet that Ronda Rousey put out after the fight, Luke. I'm amazed that as soon as you hit the ground, you were already promoting the next fight, Conor McGregor. I definitely wouldn't have had the mind to do that. The other fighters UFC and media are lucky to have you. Your thoughts on Ronda's mm. take, Luke? Yeah, I mean, I don't really care about her takes, bro. I don't really, you know, okay, that would not okay. have been front, front of mind. In, That's I, what we're listen, doing. Listen, I don't follow a lot of fighters on Twitter. I don't really care about their takes for the most part. So, All right, well, do you care about this take? Here's McGregor on Instagram with his first reaction post-fight, Luke. Can we go to the, uh, the, the, uh, the words, the post itself? No? I don't think okay. they have that. The, uh, the, the inscription there, Luke, was, you need people like me. Love it. That's well played, Luke. Yeah, that's well played. That's fine. That's good. He's right. He's right. Okay. All right, Luke, I'm sure you saw this. Uh, Jolie Poiboulet yeah. did get the last laugh, flipping off a uh, defiant Conor McGregor there. Your thoughts? She's ride or die, boy. 
isn't she? She's been with Dustin for all this time. And uh Wait, was she stuck with, with him, him back when he did that documentary? You know what I'm talking about? I believe I believe so, yeah. I believe wow. so. Fightville. She's the real yeah. deal. Yeah. She's, she's the, the real, real deal, deal Holyfield, man. She's a she you can see why Dustin is uh orients his life around uh, his family and her and uh she is she's a firecracker. Yo, you better marry a fighter at the end of the day. That's the best that's the best advice I'll give people, Luke, okay? Right? Yeah, the why do our wives marry us? Yep, you better. You know what I'm saying? Uh, hey, Luke, other people took shots at Conor McGregor, including Jake Paul, who had this made for him, Luke. It's ice of Conor posing after the uh, second. This dude makes, this dude, this dude makes me laugh, dude. I wish I could tell you he didn't. He fucking makes me laugh, man. He is out. You know what? He's doing Colby Covington shtick without all the political overtones and all like the nerds and virgins stuff. The kind of stuff that, like, is you know, he's obviously being a prick on purpose, but he's doing it to get maximum laughs or whatever. I got to tell you, dude, Jake Paul makes me laugh a little bit. He he's fucking funny. You've fallen for him, and you and I were talking about this in comparison to Logan, who was at the fight. By the way, he sat in like the second row. But uh, is that Jake's just like crazy, like legitimately crazy enough that the risky side of his personality does does get a lot of wins, Luke. Yeah, I mean, this is stupid and juvenile. I understand that. But, like, Logan is a bit on the boring side. Not, like, bad side. Just a little on the boring side. This dude's out there, like, I mean, poking the bear with the fucking stick right in the eye. And, um... You know, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see how he handles it. But he... He's fucking funny, man. And Connor's not going to the Paul boxing business yet, brother. You waited for no, a few yet. years on that. Uh, also, Luke, this tattoo makes. By the way, hold on. By the way, did you see on real quickly? Did you see that he Jake Paul tweeted at Dustin Poirier, being like, "Hey, do you yes. want this piece? I'll give it to you for free." And he was like, "Send it. Send that shit. Yo, give that shit to me." Yeah, uh, Luke, your thoughts on this tattoo making the rounds? I'm not sure it's real, but it's hilarious. Just the same. Uh, I'll say this: so this is done in a uh, traditional style. It's not bad. Line work's a little shaky. Obviously, you can see the cage is a little bit on the, you know, it looks more like a spider web. And his glove is the size of, you know, a boxing glove. But um, it's hard to do details like that in a circle that small. And I would say, given, I mean, look at the McGregor on his stomach. Like, you know how hard that is to do in that tiny ass little space? It's pretty good, yeah, actually. I'm not great, but pretty good. Pretty good. I'm, I'm, I'm actually blown away that you just gave, like, good faith breakdown of the art on this when uh all right yeah let's, i let's love tattoos bc you know this i am not it, it sh- your, I, I, that I, that and latin women luke it is you know what i mean that's you know my fucking I mean? weakness man it's my weakness yep. yo sweetness all right let's go to uh it's chewy time let's bring ty Tuivasa back luke this was him atop the cage wall I, is that the first time he's done that so brazenly luke like in yeah, the damn I wonder, cage? by the way i don't think that they will but the commission might find him and you'd be like oh really they would do that they, I forget which commission did it when King Mo got on top of the uh, Strike Force hexagon and then poured the monster on himself. They got fucking bitter about that. So, I, you know, not the biggest deal, but let's see what the commission does about it. Rich Strike Force reference there. Well, that was the one atop the cage, but the one that's making the rounds, Luke, among the five or six he seemed to do outside, was with the fans near the tunnel when somebody put a little roofie of hot yeah. sauce in there, Luke. I've had that hot sauce. It's tremendous. That's a hell of a shoey. The report from Tuivasa. Is I, I like I like how that's the part he wants to scrape off of his tongue. 
not the not the AIDS and dengue fever he's swallowing there heartily. Luke, to get these moments, the timing on that person to slip in and do it, that's just brilliant. That's like throwing that pizza slice in the Fenway bleachers in that great, great video. It's just perfect. Uh, Luke, they asked Dana White, though, his thoughts on it. Can we play the audio, please? Would you share a shoey with, uh, with Ty? Uh, if the world was on fire <laughs> and everybody was dying of thirst, that's the last fucking thing I would ever do. Ever. But good for him. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Well, Luke, we all know you can add the cliffs of Why Am I Bay there as the other thing, Luke, against his dead body that he would have the courage to do, Luke. Bro, okay, so. he's like he's like Charlton Heston from my cold dead hands. You'll never see me jump off a very small cliff. Soylent Green is made out of people, Luke. Yes. Um, all right, let's keep it going here. More UFC 264 crap. Did you like the basketball skills that uh, O'Malley brought into the game here with the crossover? Dude, he Watched was it. dribbling this dude's. I mean, he was. It was. It was. This was target practice. I mean, this that was, was like, a, like a wow. It was like an air crossover, Luke. Yeah, man. All this right. was. This was. This was. Uh, it was a bad night for Moutinho. Good night, but a bad night. Bad hair night as well, but damn, that kid's got balls. Uh, Luke, Michelle Pereira, we're all here for it. Let's relive the backflip heard around the world, and please tell me how this isn't like a minus two points foul, Luke, for, for, for kicking a downed opponent. So it's weird. You can't stomp an opponent, but you can axe kick an opponent. Oh, my God, he just moved right into mount. Jesus Christ. I missed this fight because I was uh, in transit trying to change locations. I had checked in to get my credential, and then I had to leave to go back to my hotel to do the post-fight show, and I missed this one. Um, dude, you know what? God bless this fucking guy. I don't know how good he's going to be, but this motherfucker's going to well, do a lot he, of flips along the way, regressed. and that shit rocks. Yo, he actually regressed in this fight from the standpoint of staying on task. Now, we, we, you know, we predicted that Nico could get him off of it, but Luke, I think unfortunately, like he, he emptied out the tank to try to finish Price after this flip, and he didn't have Price hurt enough, so... Price had the better third round by far. In fact, it looked like Michelle might be close to gassing out there. But then he got a decision that, look, and, you know, math tells you it's two to one Pineda. It's the right decision. But, yeah, he looked bad, Luke. He looked bad in that final round. And, dude, the fans love the shit out of Nico Price, Luke. Yeah, they do. They pop for him. He's got a rep among among fans who know what's up. Uh, Nico Price was like, you know, he wasn't featured hardly. And I don't, did he even show up to media day? I don't even know if he was there. Yeah, he if, was if there he was, it wasn't for very long. He didn't get a ton of like articles written about him this week. But I'm telling you, every time this guy was introduced or his name was brought up and fans were there, you could hear a pop for him. So shouts to Nico Price. He's doing something right. Uh, Luke, big moment on the undercard for please pronounce my name correctly. Drikus. Drikus Duplessis is how I understand it. Duplessis. Uh, Duplessis sent Trevin Giles to the to the uh, to the Badlands. Luke, that is some yeah, that yeah. is a hell of a counter shot. 
Big ass right hand. Sent his ass to the land of wind and ghosts. I thought Giles was doing pretty good for the most part. It was nice and competitive, but one of those shots closed the fucking show. Luke, this guy thinks like he's going to be like a global star tomorrow. Are you liking his cockiness or do you think he's going to end up getting served? Uh, I haven't seen anything that's told me, you know, championship potential just yet. But, dude, you got to let these guys, you know, uh, uh, let their imaginations be their guide. Anyone who's ever achieved something had to have ambitions that sounded crazy when you told someone about it. So what? All right, do I see that he's yeah. going to be a champion in this weight class? Not necessarily, but A, I don't know that he will or won't be. And B, let the man live. Let the man, let the man, you know, Look, have, have his imagination this. or his goal. I don't know this firsthand, but you can have BDE without the actual D, Luke. You can right? just have BE? B. I know, yeah, I mean, you know, you can, you can... Yeah, okay, let's get out of this, Luke. Let's keep it going. Uh, Luke, to open the night, uh, Kazakhstan's Zalgas Zumagalov had a hell of a submission against Jerome Rivera, Luke. Mm -hmm. What? This was nasty, dude. This went from zero to yeah. nasty in a second. Some people call this a ninja choke, but when I came up, we called it a power guillotine. It's basically a guillotine just with the rear naked choke bicep grip. And I have seen more people put to sleep in regional MMA with this choke than maybe any other. Because what they'll end up doing is you saw it. Go back. If, if, watch. So why did this work? Well, he locks it up here behind the armpits. You would have thought maybe Darce. But you see Rivera keeps chasing it down. He keeps chasing it down on his hands and knees, which gives the other guy an opportunity to switch his hand grip. And he does. And uh, closes Ooh. the show there. He didn't, really re he didn't really reassess the position. He just kind of chased into it and uh, sealed his own demise as a consequence. Luke, DAZN boxing from Los Angeles, unbeaten light heavyweight Gilberto hold on. Ramirez. Can we point? Oh no! Hold on! Hold on! Hold on! Can we point out that we had people in our stable, in our production crew, that had did not realize that DAZN was pronounced the way DAZN because it's supposed to be the zone, but then like cool and hip, so it's supposed to be DAZN. They literally did not know that's what DAZN is named after. And I just want to point out that's true if you didn't know it, and it's the dumbest shit I've ever heard. But okay. <laughs> Wow, Luke, you're like, let me go out of my way to just, to just, you know, that. Whoever that came up with that name Oz. and that company should have been fired a long time ago. You fucked up royally with that one. Wow, wow. All right, Zerto Ramirez, Luke, has switched promotions, and he's now with Golden Boy. He made his debut in this main event against respected challenger Sullivan Barrera. And El Zerto finished him, Luke, to the body, a knockdown in the third, a second one to the body in the fourth. And then even one more, Luke, and that was it. Uh, so here's the deal. Ramirez used to have a belt at 168. Now he's at 175. He's unbeaten. I never thought he was world-class, like, you know, next-level world-class, but he can punch, Luke. Um, he's, like, 43-0 and 0 now, and he's trying to add to the marketing of him that he's trying to go, like, 50-0 and 0 in best Mayweather. Um, you care about anything like that? He's got a cool nickname, the left-handed guy, um, you know, the lefty, whatever. Um, I mean, if he can get in there with Bivol and, and, you know, Canelo, good God. Yeah. And, and, you know, uh, your guy uh, from uh, Montreal, what the hell is the guy's name? Paterbiev? Paterbiev? Paterbiev, yeah. Um, that, there could be some fun fights to make, make there, so we'll see. For what sure, All right. for sure. On the undercard, uh, Puerto Rico's Brian Chevalier, a.k.a. Poppy Chari, wrapped up a victory in the ring, Luke, by pro pro <laughs> proposing to his girlfriend after... Uh, Luke, you have been an outspoken critic against public 
uh, moments of this kind. Your thoughts on this one? Yeah, I mean, I hate everything about this. I mean, I'm glad that they're in love and they're going to have a... I wish them a happy marriage. I mean that sincerely. But dude, fucking A, if you're proposing and there's a disown mic flag in front of you, you just should know it's not the way you should be doing it. But really, more than just disown fucking it up. Uh, guys, stop proposing to people and making strangers celebrate you. Stop doing that. You don't need to do it at restaurants where the chef has to come out and fucking... Or, you know, strangers around you, oh, congratulations. Stop making strangers do shit for you. This is a private moment. Keep it private. I'm not conscripted into your night of entertainment. Don't get me wrapped up. I got my own shit going on. If you care about this person, and I'm sure that he does, do it in a way that is discreet and is just about you guys. If you ask me to do it, and I'm, the next time this happens at a restaurant, BC, I'm just going to fucking boo. I'm just going to boo him and wish him happy luck in divorce court. I think if you look like us, then doing stuff like this deserves the wrath of Luke. But if you look like this chick, Luke, you can do whatever you want, right? Yeah, yes. Listen, she's she seems a very nice woman, you know. And she forgave this man for... I mean, mean, think about that. Dude, you proposed on DAZN. I mean... (laughs) You know. All right. Also on DAZN this week, Luke, Starling Castillo with a heck of an undercard knockout to get Luke's attention. Ooh, fucking A. Yikes. I hadn't seen this one. That was like Pez container. (laughs) Oh, that left hand caught him dipping. Boom! He, like ah, he got those... him. Le- he got him. He got him leaning off the side, and then just met him with the left hand. Man, that it is like when they Whew. when they blow up those uh, animals, and then they deflate them, and they just kind of fall. Luke, that's what it looked like. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Luke, this is uh, also on DAZN, but this is from a week ago. Added it in. Alexis Rocha uh, knocked his opponent so hard, Luke, he knocked him out of the damn ring. Oh man. Almost, almost, Luke, okay? Sent to hell under the ropes in the end, but uh, well Pretty done. Pretty close. All right, Luke, uh, Manny Pacquiao and Errol Spence Jr. on Sunday had a press conference in the Fox LA studios. The first face-off ahead of their August 21st pay-per-view. You get catching any feels. Yeah, sure. I'm pumped for this fight. I'm pumped for this fight. I think Pacquiao's got a tall order, but I think he's going to push Spence in ways that you know several recent opponents haven't. Spence, to me, is like... At least at the, okay, at this stage of Spence's career, I like this opponent because I do think he needs a challenge. I'm not saying he's coasting, but I don't you're not gonna see the best of him this time unless somebody makes him do it. And I think Pacquiao is just the kind of guy to maybe lose, but push Spence in a way where you can really see everything Spence has to offer. I think that's Hell where I'm yeah. at. Dude, I love this fight. I like what I've liked it a year ago, year and a half ago. Yeah, a lot better. But I love, I still love the crap out of this fight. So looking forward to that. Uh, Luke, let's let's uh, check out this dive from the back room of a fast food. Uh, I think they call this diving into unemployment, Luke. <laughs> you know what, man? Having worked in fast food, I say to this man. Keep living the dream, player. Yep, yep. Uh, it's, it's a, it's, and then it's if I was the manager, job. I'd fire him on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Luke, a lot of people getting up in arms about soccer the past week. I haven't been following it. I'm sure you had. Here's the things I've been following, though. Check out Hades' goalkeeper through the wickets, Luke. 
Man, poor Haiti. I mean, this guy has the worst fucking kick on earth. And then their president gets assassinated by like 13 Colombians. Just a terrible day. Which one would you rather be, Luke? That's it. That's what you got to ask yourself. That is tough. Wow. All right. Uh, Luke, check out this Denmark soccer fan trying to carry 12 beers up the steps at the Euro. Euro. Fucking Euro. legend. Look at this fucking legend. Wow. That takes a lot of balls. See. Yeah. You know what? Can you imagine being behind this asshole in line, though? <laughs> Because you, you're behind this guy. <laughs> you're you. like, all right, I'm almost there. I just need one <laughs> beer. I, He's like, give me all your fucking beer. <laughs> can, I, can I have the one he was breathing in the whole time up the stairs? Can I have that one? Wow. All right. And, uh, you know, and, you know, and you know he paid like some unconventional way, like either with exact change. That he pulled out of his fucking fanny pack or some shit, that blue bag that's in his hands. I, I, get, I guarantee you this in, guy in, is the worst person to be behind. He should have paid in Lanyager, Luke. Just pull the just pull the sausage out, right? I would have, I would have accepted his Lanyager into my mouth. Yo, you should start a Bitcoin rival. That's just like cured beef, Luke. Okay, just meats, you know. <laughs> All right, uh, Luke, check out this this British fan uh, uh, losing control of their reality here during the celebration. Uh, He's got a three yeah. lions tattoo on his back. <laughs> oh, oh! Yeah, I think he had three too many. Luke, yeah, wow, yeah. Uh, oh, you know what? He just stays in the seats and just keeps oh, clapping. Still, God bless the. He's still bastard. going. He's still going. He's still partying. This this guy. Wow, Luke, that is. Uh, yeah. Hey, who would have guessed that I, Canadians I, are? By the way, I like what I like. What sent him tumbling is just slightly leaning over his toes. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, Look, he doesn't, like, no one hits him. No one pushes him. He's not drinking. Watch. He just turns around. He leans over. Too far. That's it. Bye. Bye-bye. Uh, let's go. Speaking of large men, Derek Lewis getting the first pitch opportunity with the Houston Astros. Can you rate his form here, Luke? Uh, well, he, he definitely does ball. not throw like a girl. That's true. I he mean, threw he throws the, hard, you know what? but he, th he threw it into the ground, Luke. He threw it right into the ground. Here's the thing, though. I lived through John Wall's first pitch, so this is terrible, but nothing compares to John Wall's first horrendous Nationals pitch. Is that the worst one, or is it the 50-cent one at the Mets game? I think, honestly, John Wall's is worse because 50-cent's not an athlete. John Wall's an athlete, and it was still the worst fucking thing you've ever seen. Like, d easily, my wife could throw better than John Wall. Easily. Remember when 50 Cent made Bulletproof Fest like a fashion statement, Luke? That was like... Yeah, that was stupid. If, if, no, well, if you were jacked and you could pull that off, bro. All right? I mean, I wasn't that jacked, Luke. Come on. All right, Luke. Uh, Flex Fight Series. Check out Mackenzie Heaton with a, a, a grossly violent KO here, Luke. Your thoughts on the referee's decision-making? Are they fighting in slow motion? <laughs> Oh boy! Oh, oh boy! Hurt him to the body. <laughs> so if they're wearing this gear, that means they're amateurs, or at least low level. Oh! We don't need to yeah. see that, Luke. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I'm not really. This look, I can't tell if this is just a fat kid getting bullied at school. Bah! 
That's bad. That's bad. Hey, now I feel bad ever doing this segment. Let's get Canelo in here to cheer us up. Luke, he hit the links at the American Century Golf Championships in Lake Tahoe, Lake Tahoe and this putt is for Eagle, brother. In Lake Tahoe? Lake Tahoe. What? Wow. I'd swim there, Luke. Yeah, right? Wow. And look at, look at, oh, the, look shit. at the form. All right, let's see now Canelo from the rough, please. Look at this guy. Look at this guy, Luke. If he has a libido anywhere near Tiger, he could be a legend in this game, Luke. Did you see him? Did you see him kind of halfway sparring with uh, with uh, Steph Curry? Let's go to the videotape, Luke. Oh shit! Yeah, he catches. Uh, he catches the timing of the steps of uh, Curry. So watch Curry will double step into him, or maybe even triple step, and then he catches him. Watch. One, two, pop. See that? Caught him in between the steps. Nice. Yeah, great, great pink shirt too, Luke. All right, let's keep it going. You know Boxing what? If, from... if you're Canelo, if you're Canelo, you can wear. I mean, can you imagine me wearing what Canelo's wearing? Where you, first of all, you have a long you did sleeve wear shirt. That at the Versace Mansion, you wore the yeah. Yeah, but with the collar popped and shit, like he can pull that off. But yeah, Jesus Christ, we should bring that back. We should bring popping collars back. You know, although it's usually pop my bags. collar. Yeah. All right, Luke, let's go to boxing in Kazakhstan. This is heavyweight prospect Ivan Daichko sending Dennis Boktov to, uh, wow. Ooh. Ooh. Wow. Was, was he doing the Peloton there, Luke? That was... He was. He looked like a beetle stuck on his back. Oh, man. Oh, that's, that's terrible. Weird. I can't celebrate this shit, Luke. I'd rather... It's like, it's like cheering for an old guy to get injured, right, Luke? You picked it. Well, speaking of, let's go to old guys getting injured, Luke. Come on, Grandpa. You got to stay off the. Uh... Wow. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you. I'm telling you. No one is a bigger fan of elder abuse than you. I mean, Luke, I've that... never seen someone who was like, yo, fuck old people. Yo, he tried to do. Remember that snowboarder for the U.S. at the Olympics was like trying to celebrate at the end and then she fell and lost the medal. He tried that, Luke. You know, he tried to get cute with those baggy-ass Wranglers he's wearing. Oh, my God. He kissed the... Excuse me while I kiss the ground, Luke. Okay. <laughs> uh, let's go swinging, Luke. Nowhere else to go but swinging. I think they call this the swing of death, Luke. So he's got locals holding it down. He's trying to get that flip, bro. Oh, nice. Oh God, that was rough. That was a rough ending, Luke. Wow, wow. You know, it was wow. so promising. It was so uh, promising. Who put, that, who put that brick wall there, Luke? Look at that. Wow. All right. Hey, Swing BC, high. are they white? Let's... I can't tell. Yeah, well, they are. Seems so out of Let's character. Swing low. Let's swing low, sweet Cherryo. Whoa! Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> look, that swing looks incredible, right? Except for that guy hanging from it for his life. But uh, that's you ever been at BC? Have you ever been skiing? Uh, no. So uh, I've been skiing a few times. As a kid, I actually went a lot. Obviously, you have to get on those. Uh, I forget what they're even called now. But the the seats that rotate, you have to sit down. And it takes you to the top of the slope, and then you come you back the down. Ski lift, Luke. The, the ski, ski lift. lift, yes. Scars. The ski lift, yes. A buddy of mine f like, fumbled getting onto the ski lift, and they just kept it rolling. 
So this, and but it was one of those situations where the ski lift. There's a moment where it actually is just barely above. The seats are just barely above the actual ground, and so you have to kind of lift your skis up so that it doesn't get caught. This motherfucker didn't like. He didn't stick the landing at all. So the fucking ski lift chair just completely ran over him. And he looked like one of those cartoon characters when like the steamroller has come by and then they stand up and then their body is imprinted into the pavement. That was him. And he was like, man, fuck you guys. And I was like, yes, but that was really funny watching you get plowed out, plowed over like that. It's my story. Were you sober? Fuck yourself. Were you sober during that? Sadly, yes. All right. Uh, Luke, you want to see the greatest 30 seconds in MMA history? Watch this, Luke. Sure. I mean, I don't know who these gentlemen are, but this thing is wild. They're just they're just spamming all the techniques, huh? They're just jamming all the buttons on the controller at the same time. It's incredible. Yeah, it's not a super technical fight, but oh, oh shit. Dude, that's like a poor man's Pat Berry Czech Congo. Exactly, exactly what it is. Wow. Wow, I enjoyed that. That those that 30 seconds was worth it. Let's keep it going here, Luke. Uh yes soup for you or no, here, Luke. Uh this is this is this turns badly. This turns very badly. I mean, could this person be living more like a hoarder? <laughs> I mean, I mean they're gonna have more problems coming up soon. Hey, oh my god. Hey, could you oh, hey, could you create could you create a few more piles of things in that room? <laughs> that is, not enough. That is, uh, that's painful, Luke. That is painful. All right, I got one more for you. This is a drunk fan at a cricket game caught on camera, Luke, taking a bite out of crime. You down for this behavior? First of all, he's drinking alcohol out of like a sippy cup, Luke. It's like, bro. Your 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 moms didn't wean you off of that twenty years ago, Luke. This is the Shit, thirty uh, forty sh- years ago. For your before and after picture pictures inside your 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 manly fraternity, Luke. This is definitely the after. This is what becomes of all you of all you. Uh, Dude, it's so funny that you're so anti frat when you are the most frat eligible guy I've ever seen in my life. No one would have loved it more than you. No, 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 Luke. I, Luke, I don't need the brand. I don't need, you know, like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just fine, Luke, okay? You're so wrong about that. You, you, Dude, you would have been Blue Tarski 0.0. Not a chance. If anyone Luke, okay? would have. Not a chance. Great movie, though. All right. Great movie. It is a good movie. All right, that's it, huh? That's all the that's all the shit I got. I don't I don't know what what you're looking at. What are you looking for from All right, BC, that means it's time for odds and ends. What do you have for us for odds and ends? I don't have anything, Luke. Well, we're glad you came to today's show prepared. You found people of uh, advanced ages falling on cement, but you don't have an odds and end? Yeah, I was going to talk about our trip, but we already talked about it, Luke, okay? so We did talk about a trip. Uh, I'll make this quickly then. In the vein of what you saw here with BC and some of the folks chitter-chattering at uh, Conor McGregor afterwards, Rafael Dos Anjos has been a little active on social media going after Conor McGregor. Uh, he said this on July 6th, alcoholic hallucinosis from drinking cheap whiskey until 3.39 a.m. But that wasn't exactly the one that really had my mind on it. It was after the fight when he had made a joke about, uh, there's this one too, Connor, you're such a snake, sneaking from behind and playing tough. Sooner or later, we will finish business. I'm not like the guys you play around with. This was after the weigh-ins, so this was July 9th. But it was post-fight 
when here we go. You can see it there. He had an initial tweet about bruised foot. It was the same thing Connor had made fun of Dos Anjos about when they were supposed to have a fight, which never materialized, and Eddie Alvarez ended up getting the fight instead. Uh, but here you see it. When I broke my foot before, or not, maybe it wasn't Eddie. No, it was, it was Diaz. Sorry, what am I saying? When I broke my foot, throw it up one more time here, if you can, so I can read it. Uh, when I broke my foot before our fight, this guy made fun of my injury and continued to do so for years. Taste your own medicine, BC, and humble up. Yes. I like the energy from RDA. I like the energy. I love it. Can we zoom in? I, uh, my favorite thing I've ever kept. Come on, Luke. The, the, the <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, on BC. On BC. The Back Dos it up a little bit. Joseph McGregor door key. Back it up. Back it up. There we go. It's, it's, right there. it's getting there, Luke. Okay, it's getting there. Yeah. Is so, that your key uh, yeah, card Luke, to your room? It was. It was a key card of the room, obviously. That was uh, Nate Diaz, who replaced RDA there. Uh, Luke, every, I said this earlier, the other day. Every time I interview RDA, of course, when you interview RDA, you're going to bring up Connor, right? But every time he's like, that fight will happen again, I feel it. Like, it's just like matter of freaking fact. Luke, that might be the best fight. That might be it right there. Yes. I, I, I got to tell you, I got to tell you, I like that fight. I like that fight a lot. I think that's a great fight to make. I hope they do it. So we'll see. Uh, okay, BC, one more time. Let's remind the folks, if you want to follow us on social, you certainly can. Our socials will be put up right here below. Morning Combat's name is consistent everywhere. BC and I, slightly different names between Twitter and uh, Instagram. As always, like this video, hit that subscribe button. We made big, big progress over the weekend. We want to keep that train rolling as long as possible. I know we didn't get into anything in the coming weekend. There is Bellator, there is some UFC, and there is boxing. We'll do that starting on Wednesday. Don't worry about it. Um, so there's that. BC, if they want to email us for fan submissions, which have been kind of light the last few weeks, or dead wrong, morningcombat at gmail.com is the place to email us. Yeah, please do that, folks. Thank you so much. And just, you know, one more time, folks. What, what, what you gave us Friday, what you gave us with the, with the reaction to that, the DM slides, all that stuff, is real. It's real. All right? I, I caught the feels. There's real love, okay? MK, in fact, is for lovers. So let's, let's, uh, let's be monogamous, but let's, let's bang. Okay. Uh, and then if you want to get some of the store, morningcombat.store. Morningcombat.store is your place to be for all the things you need for merch. Morningcombat.store. And, of course, if you want to try Showtime, because, by the way, Bellator on Friday and, uh, let's see, boxing on Saturday, not pay-per-view, on Showtime, you can go to Showtime.com get a 30-day free trial. If you like it, you can keep it. If not, no worries, but at least you get a chance to try out the many products. By the way, BC, we sat behind Ben Folks at, I think, the weigh-in, and he was telling us about this uh, show on the Showtime app called Gigolos. And he was asking me what I thought about it. And I was like, Ben Folks, I don't watch shows about gigolos, but I know that you do, apparently. Yeah, shout out to Ben Folks. It was great to see him. Luke, am I, uh, am I lying here? It was actually really good to see the, the damn schmo and uh, Bobby Barstool, Robbie Fox over we, there. We who, were who, in line. Or, like, we were around schmo a lot this weekend. Got to say, very nice guy. Like the like, schmo. Like good, real good, nice good guy. Like, shout out to the damn yeah. schmo, seriously. And same thing with... Uh, yeah. Robbie Robbie Barstool's not 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 uh, hiding who he is, and uh, he's also pretty pretty good dude. So, who knew? Who yeah, knew? Luke, he's a good okay? dude too. But uh, but but the schmo, definitely definitely, uh, and he was killing. He had his own party at the Hard Rock and everything. He was no, doing a good. No, the schmo's going to make a lot shit. of money. The, sh the schmo yeah. the schmo has a mind for this. Yeah, he knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing for sure. So shouts to the schmo. Fr friend, of, I'll, I'll call him friend of MK. The schmo. How about that?
Wow! Wow! Um, all right, you, all right. Shout out to Helen Yee too. Right? Like, let's let's you know let's let's show love, Luke. Okay. You saw a lot of your old friends in Vegas that you hadn't seen for years, Luke, because you've years. been you kind of been an old bitch the last couple of years. But now you're back. You're back on the scene, crispy and clean. Yeah. You can try, but it'll be a while before I go to another UFC. Sh I'm not going. I don't have any plans to go to a UFC show for a while. But I gotta say this, BC. Last thing. You know, I thought we were going to walk in there like persona non grata because you got killed in that video, and I'm pretty sure Dana doesn't. I was half surprised I didn't get you know banned, to be honest with you. But uh, I got to say this, BC, and I want to say it on the air because I think it deserves to be said. You know, we didn't have any interaction with Dana or anybody else, but we. if you're a UFC media member, uh, obviously your interaction is going to be with UFC media staff. That's just the way that it goes. You're going up to media events. You're going to see them there. Can we have a, can we have a two thumbs up for the professionalism of the UFC media staff? taking good care of us, giving us great seats for everything, answering any question we had immediately, trying to help us with whatever issue we had from Chelsea, Chris Costello, Lene, uh, all of them. All of them were like a huge help this weekend. Very kind to us. I was impressed, man. I was impressed by their professionalism. And, and they had a hard task with COVID and everything else going on. They, uh, we, you know, COVID rules anyway. There's still COVID rules in effect. Um Shouts to the UFC staff. They did a great job. They did a really great job. It was it was it was awesome. Shout out to them. It's good to be. It's good to to know where you stand, Luke. And they have respect for us. We have respect for them. And uh, so it's a very strong working relationship. So uh, take that. All right. Uh, yeah. Rewind it back. Thanks yeah. one more time That's to everybody it. who showed up last week. To everyone who's new here, we'll be back on Wednesday to get you ready for the weekend. And uh, yeah, I think that's it. That's Brian Campbell. I'm Luke Thomas. For everyone from CBS Sports, Showtime, Malka, and everyone else in between, we thank you so much for watching. We'll be back on Wednesday, and until then, may all of your gains be loyal.